Hello and welcome to another episode of Dark Insight. This is episode 75 for September 2nd, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, September 2nd, 2017. Yeah. I'm going to be your host for the first time in a long time. I am Jeremy Greer. I am joined with my good friend from across the pond, the morbidest of beards, Mr. Josh Crow. How are you today, Josh? Oh, good, thank you. How are you? Man, I am I am fantastic. Thank you uh, for sticking with me. Uh, we we have some we, we're recording on a weird day, which we'll talk about in a little <laughs> bit. Um, it was mostly my second host fault, Brian Wade, who's also here. It, it was not my fault. Uh, it was actually Jeremy's fault. You should but, definitely well, not lie to our listeners, Brian Wade. We, we, we're we, glad we that you're on. here. I'm not gonna I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna blast you on the podcast, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> we also have not one but two special guests on the on the episode today. Uh, please welcome Rachel and Alex from the Rachel and Alex. Alex versus the Hooniverse podcast. Oh, hey. Yoo-hoo. Welcome, friends, and thank you for guesting. Uh, it's it's my understanding that there's some beef and that we need to have a rumble. Is that? <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Ra- Rachel and I have some beef uh, mm-hmm. because she is wrong about the best doctor. And uh, um, she sure also likes that's... Stephen Moffat. And that's, you know, like, that's that's unacceptable to me. Are you freaking kidding me? You don't like Stephen <laughs> Moffat? Oh, okay. Oh, I knew the doctor thing. But... <laughs> <laughs> we had beef before. Now we're up to a whole cow. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we're a super beef. <laughs> Which, uh... And Josh, I apologize because I know you give no fucks about uh, Doctor Who, but who is the best Doctor, Rachel? Um, Matt Smith. Same. Yo. I mean, Matt Smith is good, but he's no Christopher Eccleston. Uh, uh, I, I, I like what they did with Christopher Eccleston, but he is not a great Doctor. So. Yeah. He's amazing. He's Alex, amazing. do you have a favorite Doctor? Oh, Brooke, no arguments. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, a great big old, like... You know, uh, dork. yeah, that's the word we're looking <laughs> for. Yeah. Uh, the word I was looking for was hipster, but uh, yeah, my favorite doctor is the eighth doctor, Paul McGann, who only had one TV adventure and is mostly in the audio adventures, which I love a lot. So. Oh, wow. Do you have those on vinyl mm-hmm. too? You hipster nerd. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, they put out, they put out like a 50th anniversary special in like five vinyls. And it was like, Seriously, like almost three hundred dollars, but I was still like, mm, "Oh my I god!" Could. No, but I I resisted the temptation, the sirens call. You you know you're gonna buy that shit later. Come on. Oh yeah, I mean someday, sure. <laughs> well, thank you both for for guesting and beating up on Brian Wade. Something that I try to do every week, but have not been able to. So, yeah, um, we, we really appreciate that. Yeah. Um. Well, let's get started. Uh, as as we always do, we're going to talk about the weather. Uh, Rachel, Alex, as our guest, I don't I don't know where you are in the universe, but how's the weather out there? Well, it looks it's good. Okay. Yeah, uh, good. <laughs> we, we live we live uh, we both live in Washington State, kind of in the the greater Seattle area, and it is pretty nice today. Yeah, actually. clear clear skies. Uh, some fucking dog is barking. It's pissing me off. Um. And it's not like hot yet, so it's still kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's good mm-hmm. times. It's great. Yeah, it's lovely. Josh, what's the weather like in the UK? Uh, pretty nice at the moment. Um, 
we've had quite a good week by our standards. Um, it's been a bit cold this week, but we've had some blazing hot sunshine in the afternoons, which has been nice when you when you finish work at two o'clock and you get out and it's a lovely day and it just it just makes you feel a bit happier. So it's because our summer's basically finished. Uh, we get about two weeks per year. That's all we're we're allowed, um, and then it just it fucks off and into <laughs> the stratosphere, and we just we just get constant snow and rain all the time. So it's been nice to have probably our last week of sunshine. Um, but yeah, it's been all right, Mr. Wade. Uh, it's been like in the the mid to upper sixties for the past couple of days, and that's pretty great. I'm I'm into it. Nice. We were uh we we were very blessed. Um, hashtag, hashtag blessed. blessed. Hashtag not stressed. <laughs> um, we uh we, the hurricane Hurricane Harvey uh, generated a lot of damage around me and a lot of craziness around me, but we we barely got any rain from it. So uh, there was one day where uh, my the end of my street flooded and I could not leave, but I didn't oh, lose power, I didn't lose internet, mm-hmm. and I had plenty of booze and I had plenty of food. So that was just a a free day for me and. I just hung out and watched movies all day. So yeah, bless not stressed. Um, and yeah, that was good. So yeah. So before, before we get into our, what have we been playing section? Uh, Josh, you have some movies you want to talk about. And, uh, I'm one of which is the controversial death note movie, which I have only seen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was expect, I was expecting all the sighs and the groans, but I actually enjoyed it. And I genuinely did, but that comes with the uh, preface that I haven't seen the anime, so I have no prior context for anything. I just went in. The main reason why I watched it, I probably wouldn't have given that much of a shit, but I watched it because everybody was hating on it so much. So I thought, well, as I haven't really seen anything to do with it, I might as well just take this for what it is and just watch it and give it a go. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought that the the acting was really good. I thought that Willem Dafoe in particular was spectacular, as he always is, as I've come to expect from him in, re- in recent years. He's everything he turns his hand to. He just absolutely nails. He um, plays the uh, murder demon, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, yes, he, he does. Really, yeah, really, really? Yeah. Oh my god, that was hard yeah. to get out of my mouth for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> my brain wanted to do like the you know proper Japanese pronunciation, and then it farted. So. It's just Ryuk. So what is the proper Japanese pronunciation? Because, like I said, I'm completely ignorant to all this. <clears throat> well, Japanese R's are kind of like a R and a D mixed together. So it's like a D. So they're... Oh, okay. I, yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. So, um, Ryuk. Wow, yeah. I, haven't said, I haven't spoken Japanese in, like, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie is, uh, is is pretty close to uh, the founder of this podcast, Hart, um, because he he used to go by the handle Death Note uh, way way uh-huh. back when um, on Twitter. So he, I know that uh, Cliff uh, is a huge fan of this, and I think he hated this, right? Like uh, he he was He's very much yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people have hated it. I, I follow some weird anime people online, and they were all having a great <laughs> time with this because apparently because it was so bad. So mm. I'm kind of curious about it. I, I have a lingering desire to see this. I just have not found the time to watch a dumb movie. So yeah, mm. I want to watch it solely for Willem Dafoe. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, just cause he's so freaking perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I know for the rest of it, I'm going to freaking hate it. Cause I read the manga. I didn't watch the anime and I stopped the manga at a certain point. Cause there's a certain point in the manga that it just ends, but they mm. wanted to milk it for more money. So they, they kept going. So 
I'm gonna watch it eventually. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, so, if if people are interested in my opinions on this, I, I I've been a little silent during this, despite uh, being clear that I don't like it. Um, I was on uh, the Salt Report. Uh, we did a special episode about it. Yeah, which is out and if I remember it correctly. Is, yes, it, yeah. it, it, uh-huh. it is out, and it's uh, it's very funny. I think because all of the people on that podcast are hilarious, and then I'm also there. <laughs> oh jeez! <laughs> <laughs> the name of the episode is that they're Death, all hilarious. Death Nope. I think that is hilarious. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll we'll put a link to that in the show notes. I'm doing it right now. Mm. Good job, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Opening the kimono. Um, uh, yeah, so, but just for, I feel like I can't have too much of an opinion on it because I have a very uninformed opinion of the universe in general. So I feel like if I was to really go out there and, I don't know, fight its case for it, I can't because I haven't seen the original source material. So I would feel a bit off doing that. But for what it was, I enjoyed it, and especially as we watched that the same day as the other film that I put here in the show notes, It Follows, which we watched um, earlier in the day, and I found to be quite overrated and pretty boring, actually. Yeah, <laughs> We're oh, going to start. Yeah. Rachel's going to have beef with all of us by, by the time this podcast ends. <laughs> Everybody! <laughs> this is yeah. just how Rachel does it, guys. Like She's it's just going to fight all of you one at a time. I might be a little <laughs> aggressive. I'm, I'm curious... Uh, because I, I watched It Follows and I found it a little slow, but I, that kind of worked to the movie's atmosphere for me. Like, what was it? Mm. What was it that you didn't like about it? Um, so again, yeah, I found it was quite slow, and I can appreciate that some films are just a bit of a slow burn, and that works in their favor ultimately. But I did feel that this was just too slow, and that it kind of just built up to nothing at the end of it. The, like the fun. The closing sort of scenes, obviously I'm not going to spoil it or anything, but the closing scenes of it, I felt were going to have a bit more of an impact than they actually did. And what actually happens, I just sort of sat there and went, is that it? Seriously? That's kind of shit. Um, and I feel like it was, this, the setting of it made it feel like it was in kind of like an 80s setting. But then that, that phone thing, what was that? Why was that present in the film? It just uh, see, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it was ta- I don't uh, get it. Alt-universe. Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about it on Twitter with this. Like that was one. It was it was something that kind of removed your idea of what this time frame could be because the movie is aesthetically almost like a mid to early '80s kind of movie with the way that people dressed and are. But then you have this weird clamshell phone e-reader thing that is obviously far past what they had in the '80s. So it kind of, mm-hmm. I think it contributed to the again contributed to the movie's atmosphere by kind of taking you out and making you wonder like where is this when is this like it is yeah. this so i i found that fa- i found it fascinating like i went online to try mm. to find out if that thing was real because i thought it was so cool and it it is mm. definitely not it was created for the movie so. yeah i mean it's it's a cool concept and as much as i can appreciate um how that would work to me it just felt like too much of a juxtaposition to be able to i don't know it just it felt to me like because it hadn't stated and then that it was an alternate universe. I felt like it hadn't earned the right to make me feel that way. But again, so that's just me. And I was kind of just a bit bored watching it. And then when I saw that, I'm thinking, but what about everything else that's going on here? Because this is very odd seeing contemporary technology in, you know, a not so modern universe. But, you know, again, it's just my opinion. And I think if it hadn't been so hyped, 
like every, every single opinion I've heard of this film has been you need to watch this film. And so when I finally got around to it, I had all this stuff going around in my head thinking this is supposed to be incredible and like a modern day classic. And it just fell flat for me personally. Um, but then when it comes to modern movies, I'm quite cynical as it is. So, you know, yeah. that's probably sort of more my fault than the films because most films are kind of an immediate deficit when I come to watch them. They've kind of got a lot of making up to do and they need to grab my attention straight away for me to be invested in it. And it just completely failed to do that. So I was just kind of... I don't know, counting down the the minutes, just thinking, when is this going to end? Because I'm bored. <laughs> but there you go. So, Rachel, do you want to tell Josh why he's wrong? Uh, yeah, please, I, please do. No, I, I totally appreciate what he, why he feels that way. Because when a movie gets hyped for you and it doesn't meet those expectations, you're just like, this is shit. Um, mm. I, mm. I went into It Follows with nothing. Hadn't seen a mm. trailer hadn't talked to anybody that had seen it and it scared the ever-loving shit out of me because mm. it taps into that fear that humans have of being watched or being followed mm-hmm. and that's just an innate fear if you feel someone watching you um that's just like a sense that humans have nice. and the mm. fact that it's not chasing it's not this gory monster it's just walking and there's something so unsettling about that. Um, and there are some scenes that like didn't need to be there. And the ending was all right. I, I think the very ending was pretty good. Um, but I think if it's not overhyped uh, and you go into it kind of blind, mm. um, it's probably more enjoyable. And also, yeah. I also liked the alt universe because it kind of, it takes a minute to figure it out because you feel like maybe it's seventies, eighties. And then you've got randomly, like you said, like the shell phone mm-hmm. and you're like, wait, what? Um, mm. Which I kind of like, I, I like alt universe stuff. I like picking up stuff in movies like that, but I'm, I'm going to film school. So I like overanalyze like everything in movies when I'm watching them. So mm. I was picking up those cues as, as much as I could. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So again, I completely understand that, and I kind of wish that I hadn't sort of known all of this stuff going into it, just because although I didn't necessarily know the the plot inside out of the film, all of the hype that people had given it over the time just meant that I felt like I had to like it because yeah. it was what the consensus was. And then when I sat there and actually watched it and thought this isn't really as good as what people making it out to be personally. But, you know, I mean, on the flip side of that, so many people put Avatar on this huge pedestal. And to me, Avatar is just Pocahontas with Smurfs. So (laughs) I hate that film. You're not wrong. Yeah, I absolutely detest that film. I think it is the most overrated film I've ever seen. So, you know, it's just it's just what it is back, back in the day rachel and i used to fight over avatar pretty frequently but why we did <laughs> yeah you, you used to be very pro avatar i loved to... that movie but i haven't watched yeah. it since it came out so i yeah, might rewatch it and be like what the fuck is, why did i like this yeah mm. I, I was actually going to say uh i have a very similar situation to what you've got going on with it it follows where you came into it late and it was like overhyped for you like that happened to me with the last of us 
Like I, mm. I didn't, I didn't get around to the last of us until like a couple years ago. And, and like everyone was talking about how great it was and you know, how, how moved by it they were. And like, I, the, the hype just bore down upon it and I just could mm. not get into it. Like it, totally ruined that game for me um mm. so we've, yeah. we've talked a I'll lot about that. On, on this podcast about um mostly with games but just how the the marketing cycle for media nowadays is so intense and it's so long before something becomes available that it just oh, it gets God. you get exhausted it's with exhausting. something that, before yeah. it even comes out and it's just kind of a ridiculous thing like that's how they fucked yeah. up valerian aside from it being a <laughs> shit movie um <laughs> they made it look so amazing for months they're like, look mm-hmm. at this beautiful movie. And then I went and saw it and I was like, this is possibly the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's beautiful, but they hyped it so hard and I got so excited. And, yeah. oh God, it was so bad. And, and hey, Jeremy, yes. uh, you, do you want to go and like eat some spicy chicken wings in, in, uh, in uh, support of your favorite oh, we have, series, maybe? We, we have... We have. <laughs> Absolutely talked about some chicken wings on this podcast, my friend. <laughs> I uh, I think I am still forbidden for talking about the marketing campaign of Dark Souls Three uh, because I I um, you have a podcast for that, Jeremy. It's called I, I have, Up Skeleton. I have a whole podcast for that. And, um, I think there was an episode of this that we titled "Jeremy Hates Namco." That I think I spent about an hour talking about. I'm pretty so, sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. So that that's yeah. a fun time. Um, yeah, I. Mm. have a lot of problems with the way that games and media in general are marketed nowadays. Like it's, it's so rare to find something new that you have no prior exposure to. And it's and like, sometimes that's the best way to experience a book or a TV show or a movie or whatever is just to go into it completely blind. But yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. The world Which is I mean, a hellhole. We're all connected on the internet. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I mean, to be fair, that's kind of how I went into the last of us was, it was the first sort of modern day Naughty Dog game I played because I hadn't played any of the Uncharted games until Uncharted 4 last year. Um, so by the time I played that, my only real connection was the Crash games and the Jack and Daxter games. So to actually see them have something so adult and so mature um, kind of blew me away. And I fully concede that the gameplay of The Last of Us is dog shit it's not fun at all it's it's the story that carries that game and i've always personally felt that the dlc the left was it the left behind dlc mm-hmm. i feel that that's actually better than the main game because of the story because mm-hmm. of the the separate story between ellie and her friend um i've always felt that that was better and it was because it was a lot shorter as well they had a, a much shorter time to just give a bit more flavor text and i feel that that complemented the story more because the last of us isn't exactly a short game it does take a while to complete and i feel that by the time you get to the end of it it has kind of started to overstate its welcome it's only it's really only the interaction between joel and ellie that's that was keeping my interest there kind of kind of like lost really lost was just oh we're going to spend an entire episode walking to one place we don't even need to be but it's just it's it's the characters to keep it alive, you know. So yeah, I, I fucking hate that show. Yeah, it was so overrated, and Cliff's gonna hate me for that. Is Cliff a big Lost fan? I didn't know that. Watched it because I think so. Yeah. That one was overhyped for me too, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can get into it because it, it's just been so so overhyped that I feel like I'm not gonna like it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. 
people talked about the ending and how shite it was, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's better I don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, a friend of mine from work, he absolutely adores Lost, and he he was telling me for ages, he said, just you wait until you get to season five. He said, season five is my rewatch season because it's such a head fuck. And so I watched season five, and I saw him the day after we finished watching it, and I said, mate, what, what are you talking about? It was dog shit. <laughs> it was so boring. And he's like, no, but all this happens and all that happens. And like, yeah, but I fell asleep, so it can't have been that interesting. So, <laughs> no. No. So we've, we've always got a little bit of, I don't know, a jabbing at each other. It's like, oh, well, you hated Lost. Yeah, there's a reason for that. It's because it was crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to mention a movie um, that I just got done talking for two hours about on a whole different podcast uh, that is incredibly hyped, that lives up to the hype. And if you guys haven't seen it, you should definitely go watch Shin Godzilla because Shin Godzilla mm. is absolutely amazing. Josh, I know, I, know you, I know your taste fairly well, and I can tell you that you would be mm. into some Shin Godzilla stuff. So. Oh, yeah. I, I've got it now. I'm planning on watching it um, later on tonight. Oh, cool. So I, awesome. Yeah, I bought it at Comic-Con, so I'm planning on watching it later. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I've, I've been interested in, in it ever since I saw the trailer, um, but I yeah. still haven't got around to it just yet. But... Yeah, the the redesign of Godzilla looks pretty dope, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm interested in seeing a uh, a more Toho kind of style Godzilla, but that still takes itself seriously to some degree, rather than feeling like it's like some kind of Super Sentai like offshoot or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I watched. I, I watched. Oh, go ahead, Rich. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say that I've never watched like any Godzilla movies. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I I I do really want to watch that one because I've heard a lot about it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to like not get my hopes up too much because maybe I I won't like it. But uh, <laughs> I'm excited because that'll be like my first real Godzilla experience, and it looks pretty fucking wicked. Are mm-hmm. you guys familiar with uh, Peter Capaldi's like TV show um, before he was on Doctor Who? I can't remember the name of uh, it now. Um, in the loop. That's the movie. I thought. Um, Alex, we watched the thick of it. The thick of it. If if you guys, this is going to sound real weird, but if you guys like in the loop and the thick of it, you will probably like Shin Godzilla. So, (laughs) what? (laughs) It's the strangest link. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's all I'll say about that, and we'll 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 get out of here before. But yeah, definitely go watch Shin Godzilla if you can. Mm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm planning on doing it. And in, if you watch it and you don't like it, you could always go and watch 98 Godzilla as a palate cleanser and appreciate Shin Godzilla just that tiny bit more because the 98 <laughs> Godzilla was complete dog shit. It was so. it was very bad. But hey, at least we got to hear P. Diddy covering Led Zeppelin. That's something everybody was covering yes. for. Yeah, super into that. Yeah, he does That's a, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time, that is. Uh, he, does a, uh, he does a mix of cashmere that, um, is, yep. as, a, as a Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. fan, is... is Kill is, me. Yep. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, let's, let's not talk about bad Godzilla movies, and instead let's talk about some video <laughs> games. Um, uh, before our, we do that... Oh, we have a surprise yeah. announcement from Brian Wade. It's not an announcement. Uh, do we want to talk about uh, hanging out for a week, Jeremy? We can do that, we yeah. Did that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Brian, and we Brian talk, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, like leading up to it. So, oh yeah, yeah. We should, uh, we, we should confirm that we we hung out in person and we loved each other mm-hmm. a lot. Absolutely true. Um, we we spent. <laughs> I assumed that we would spend a lot of time playing video games. Instead, we just spent a lot of time drinking and eating. So, and it was amazing. <laughs> Jeremy, let, let me tell you something about Jeremy and Autumn, and that's that, that's that they know how to show a fellow a good time. 
literally like every day of that the sounds week. weird food and like getting drunk like we were day drunk basically every day of the week and it was amazing yes that's that's and the way we I, do it down here so. yeah it's yeah uh, I, I jeremy introduced me to boudin which is my new favorite food and i'm very mad that i can't get it in indiana what's that <laughs> Uh, it's Boudin, a sausage. It, it's like a rice and sausage combination. That is, um, it's kind of a Louisiana delicacy, uh, but you can get it kind of all over the South. Louisiana is, is probably the best, though. Um, it's you kind of take rice and sausage and some chopped up veg and um, make it into a tube. And if I tell you how we do that, you probably won't want to eat it. So I'm just going <laughs> to skip that part. Um, but it has a casing. Louisiana has, food is legit as fuck. So yeah, it, yeah. it's legit. Yeah. I, Typically, I would be down. It's 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 very delicious. It's it's very good, and um, boudin is is very malleable. So uh, you can, for instance, turn it into a ball, stick some pepper jack cheese in the middle, and then fry that. So you have fried boudin balls with cheese in the middle, which is oh also God. extremely good. Um, it's basically, geez. the best thing I ever put in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> Brian was like, <laughs> we went by, uh, and it's just it's not like a fancy place or anything. It's, it's a place called Billy's down here, and um, you, we, we just bought like a lot of everything and like we came back to the house and he was eating he was like why have i not been eating this for 30 years like what the fuck is wrong can i come visit you yeah absolutely <laughs> come on down come on down we we love guests uh we'll, we'll, we'll welcome you with open arms but yeah we had we had a good time uh that, we just like that's pretty much it we just like kind of drank and ate and watched a bunch of stuff i made, I made yeah, you, did, you, did, you did make me uh play the kitchen demo the uh, resident evil 7 kitchen demo in vr yes i did uh, which I which that. which you revealed to me afterwards that you had been too scared to play yourself true you also played all through all of the batman vr game which was a good i time. did and that was great and that's a very fun game i have to say uh as as a, as a PSVR owner, that thing is a whole lot easier to deal with if you have two people in the room and the mm-hmm. one can assist the person in the VR headset with like moving the camera to appropriate pot spots and things like that. Because trying to do that by yourself, which is what I have traditionally done, is an <laughs> enormous pain in the ass. So like just yeah. having a second person there is so good. I, and you uh, got to you also got to witness how stupid someone else looks in a VR headset because you never got to see that either. I've got um I don't know where I could post this that she wouldn't get mad at me, but um <laughs> last week my uh stepmom came over and listeners, my stepmom is like closer to my age than she is my dad's, so like she parties mm-hmm. with us all the time. Uh so she came she came over and uh hung out with myself and Autumn and we were drinking and having a good time. And I put her in the uh, VR thing, and I put Autumn in the kitchen demo, as well as her. Um, and so I have video of Autumn like, Jeremy, 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 what's happening? You need to come over here. I'm in a situation. Come here. <laughs> Freaking out in PSVR. So, yeah, that's a good time. I was going to talk about it later. We also tried the Dark Souls board game, Brian. Yes, we did. We can talk about that later. We don't have to talk about that right now if you don't want to. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh because I have opinions. Yeah, sure yeah you do too. I, I, I do as well. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. Well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward. You said you, you might be coming down next year too, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep, yep. I'm gonna. I'm definitely gonna be back. Uh, yeah, your uh, your your father-in-law actually uh, insisted that I come back. Yes. I, I, <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't know if you were too drunk to remember that. No, but. no, no. I was. We were having a good time. I'm surprised you weren't <laughs> too drunk to remember that. I was, and I was very <laughs> drunk that day. <laughs> Brian oh, sits down at our at our one of our favorite bars and uh and we literally know everybody in this place and uh so like the two the three managers come over and like are saying hello and this entire time I'm like yeah you should try one of the cocktails and I'll look over and Brian has gone through three cocktails and I'm like dude <laughs> you got to these things are sneaky they 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 don't taste like alcohol and yeah so they do not yeah. at all and they're amazing yeah they were uh, really good yeah uh 
Mark, Mark like basically told me that like he, he was like you'll be back you'll be back he was just very he was very insistent that I come back and it was <laughs> excellent funny. yeah oh. Mark Mark, is, Mark is, is a good dude Mark is an uh, shout, shout out to Mark who sent you the PlayStation VR also yes what yes. a great dude <laughs> my uh, my father in law likes to buy extravagant gifts for people and he's really nice about it so can't really argue oh. with that dude um so yeah I've been talking for a long time about that mm-hmm. Rachel tell yeah, us about our guests talk for a while tell us about a video game you've been playing. Uh, pretty much just Overwatch. Nice. I did, so before I get into Overwatch, I, I tried a game, I don't know if you guys have played this, called McPixel. Mm-hmm. Um, and my brother recommended it. It is one of the funniest games I've ever freaking played. It's, like, a super pixelated game, and, uh, it doesn't really tell you what you're doing. Um, <laughs> And you have to go through these levels where you have to solve a puzzle, basically. So it'll put you in, like, a room with, like, a nurse and somebody who's sick. Maybe there's, like, a fire hydrant or a stick of dynamite or whatever, and you have to figure out what it wants you to do. Um, And so sometimes it's as easy as, like, you know, maybe you need to give the patient a shot or... Maybe you need to put the dynamite up his ass. Like you don't, you don't know. Um, uh, and it's it's really good. I, I it came out in like 2014, and it's it's only like a couple bucks on Steam. Highly, highly recommend. Very, very fun. Um, but I've mostly just been playing Overwatch. Um, I think I mentioned to you guys before we started recording that. I've got over 200 hours in Junkrat, and I'm level, like, going on, like, level 500. I'm almost there, and just, it's, like, all I play. And you'd think that I would get bored with it, but they keep adding uh, more and more stuff to it. Do any of you guys play Overwatch? Yeah, I, I play Overwatch. I play Overwatch quite a bit. Um, right before the podcast, you were talking about playing, like, competitive and getting rankings and things. And I definitely don't do that, because it makes me crazy rage out like i I can't imagine (laughs) doing that on a regular basis like i've talked about it before uh overwatch is very much my like sit on the couch and turn off the world and like just have a good time get video games so yeah i i didn't i go through phases of caring about my sr ranking not giving a shit so you know the the goal was to get my gold gun for junk rat and i was like that's all i give a shit about and now it's like let's see how how far I can climb. And uh, I have a friend that I met on Mixer who is in the top 500 for May. Uh, She's actually like uh, 136, I think is her ranking. And so she's, she's headed for grant. She wants grandmaster this season. Um, And she's going to play some games with me. So I'm like, Please get me to gold. I don't belong in silver. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, because solo queuing can be such a bitch. I mean, you can only carry a team so hard. Like, if you need a healer and a tank and no one else is willing to do it, you're like, okay, I, I guess I can do one of them. But you can't do both. <laughs> and, uh, of course, there's some, like, fucking Hanzo or Genji fucking around and <laughs> what, are you, what are you gonna do typical um, 
Yeah, fucking typical goddamn hand soap. We had a, uh, um, a friend of the show whose uh, Twitter handle for a long time was Big Dick Genji Main. And, uh, <laughs> oh my Jesus. god, that is amazing. <laughs> she, she was pretty <laughs> hilarious about being a, a Big Dick Genji Main, so yeah. shout out to the horse. <laughs> people who like actually main those and are really good at them, they're made fun of because they're like the most frustrating fucking people to kill. Uh, aside from like Tracer and May, um, so yeah, they get shit on a lot. Uh, there's actually this is kind of unrelated, but it's really there was this uh, young girl that got in trouble at school. Like the the teacher wrote a note to the parent that was like, uh, "Yeah, she called somebody a Hanzo main." I saw and this. Yes. I don't know what that means, but I assume it's an insult. And I'm like, "Damn right, it's an insult." <laughs> that's really so. Cool. Yeah, that's been my. That's like all I play right now. I play every freaking day, and they've added uh, some really really cu- cool uh, features to it. So. The goal, the goal is to climb and comp, because otherwise I have no purpose. Quick play is too easy. Comp is frustrating, but it's fun. So, I'm addicted to the three v three elimination. Like, that's, dude, that shit stresses me the fuck out. I love it so much. <laughs> oh god! And it's and it's got me to be to a point where I'm like at least somewhat effective with about four or five different heroes. So I can like it because it just you have to be like if you, yeah. if you go in with your with your main and you win, which you usually do, then like okay, now now what the fuck do I do? Because I can't use that character again. So um, yeah, I just I don't. Some- there's something about the quick play of it. There's no bullshit getting on the point. Like it's just straight up deathmatch. Um, oh man, yeah, I, I love it. I, I can't stop. I haven't played since I, uh, they did all of the, the the new patch, like the Mercy patch and everything. So I'm curious because I was kind of starting to play Mercy a whole lot, and then they've completely changed her. I'm kind of nervous about it. So yeah, I don't know if she changed this patch or if it's next patch. I know that Junkrat got changed this patch to where there's you can have double mines, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, I know with Mercy, they're changing her alt. And it's, I mean, you you either love it or hate it for for most people. Um, I don't really play Mercy that much because I'm a piece of shit and I stick to my main. Um, but yeah, another good way to, like, get good at heroes is to just do mystery heroes. Because yeah, you'll find yeah, that you like fine. a hero that you never thought you would even play. So... Um, That's how I learned they to added, love Sombra. No, oh, good. I'll never love Sombra. <laughs> but that's only because I am terrible at her. Yeah, I'm pretty terrible at Sombra, too. Sombra. There's uh, nothing more fun in this world than using the ability hack on a tracer and then just watching them freak out because all of a sudden they can't blink or uh, uh, oh, reverse anymore. And they're like, they, literally, they have no idea how to play that character without those two abilities. And you can just like immediately kill them. It's so much fun. Yeah. I love killing Sombras, though, because they go invisible, but I still know exactly where they are. Yeah. And so I'll throw mine, and they're completely dead, and occasionally I'll get a fuck you in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the biggest compliment when someone's like, you fucking piece of shit, and you're like, you're welcome. Yes, yes. (laughs) Welcome to uh, Dark Souls circa 2011, 2012. Yeah, Rachel, if you don't know, and you probably don't, Jeremy used to run a... a, a Tumblr called darksoulshaters.tumblr.com where he collected hate mail from people. 
Oh my god, that's fucking fantastic! And, and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the <laughs> saltiest and language, right? most uh, disgusting place on the internet. So yep, but it's is great. it still is it still there? The the website is I've uh and I've gotten people that send me stuff from time to time, but I don't, I don't bother updating it anymore. Oh man, um, you're gonna have to link me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. It's it's Sweet. it's hilarious. Like it's bad. Um, the last time I did anything with it, uh, I don't know if any of you follow Zodiac motherfucker on Twitter, but he posted some Dark Souls hate mail, and I was like, from the from the Twitter account, I was like, hey, if you like that, you should check out this website. And then I just got a series of tweets of like, oh my god, this is the best shit in the world. So, <laughs> I was extremely happy about that. Um, yes. Yeah. Do you play on PC or PS4? Uh, PC. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because I was, uh, I have done solo queues like a couple of times in competitive, and it just it makes me so fucking salty. And I have. Are you, you PC yeah. or are you? I'm PS4. PS4, so I was gonna say we can do uh, that, but yeah, <laughs> I'm a scrub. Scrubs. Well, you know what? At least it's not Xbox. Because I mean, we didn't even mention Xbox when I asked that question. Oh, God, <laughs> Once Mixer, like, you know, let Xbox on because you know it's Microsoft. The community went from like really close knit and chill to like people coming in and being like, and just like fucking, it's like 13 year old boys everywhere. Like, I had somebody come in the other day and just say fat. Like, it wasn't because it's hard to, Mm -hmm. it's hard to, to type on Xbox. So the insults are really base. (laughs) (laughs) Good times. It's just like, you are mom. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, what have you been playing lately? Oh, you know, uh, a lot of uh, random junk that I, I've uh, scraped out of my uh, to-do list, basically. Um, uh, the, the first thing I'll probably talk about is I finally got around to checking out Alexis Kennedy's new game, Cultist Simulator. Um mm-hmm. Which, uh, for people who don't know, Alexis Kennedy is the, was, uh, rather was the lead developer for uh, Fail Better Studios, uh, Fail Better Games. They did uh, Fall in London and then also Ooh, um, okay. Sunless Sea, and uh, mm. that studio has gone on to do Sunless Skies, which is kind of the spiritual successor to Sunless Sea. But uh, Kennedy himself split from the company after Sunless Sea, and he is doing a solo project called Cultist Simulator, which is kind of a... How do I explain this? It, it's like a solo card game meets life simulator, um, where you can live, like, a perfectly ordinary life and, like, have a job and settle down and, you know, be a person. But uh, it is also entirely possible to... Uh, summon the Dread Cthulhu and take over the world. Um, and uh, the uh, alpha for Cultist Simulator is up on Itch.io right now, so if you want to try it out, you can totally do that. Um, there's, like, all of this stuff is coordinated through the small company that uh, Kennedy is is helming right now called Weather Factory. The website is uh, weatherfactory.biz slash cultist simulator. Um, and uh, that will give you like links to their Kickstarter for the full version. And then also you can get to the, uh, you know, the, the, the alpha for that. So shout outs to cultist simulator. Um, 
uh, as far as the game itself, I think that there's a solid idea there, but the alpha, like, for one thing, like, for people that have never encountered Alexis's games before, the the real thing about it is story, right? Like, like the reward for playing Fallen London is getting more story, um, and it, so like you get these like bite-sized evocative paragraphs that just like completely suck you into the world. Um, but everything on Cultist Simulator is on a timer. Um, so I'll, I'll get a new little bit of like evocative text from his like distinctive house style, and I'm trying to read it. But then I notice that like if I don't start doing like active actions in the game, my character is going to starve and die. Um, so I'm I'm like really torn between like wanting to read things and then also wanting to continue the game. So. Um, it, it's, it's early days, so I imagine he, he will figure that shit out, um, and it will be pretty solid, but, um, yeah, so, so that's what, what I've been doing with Cultist Simulator. Yeah, the key art for this game is so evocative, like this, yes. this just like the, the, the main art of like the, the person in the robe, like pulling their face away with the, the face mm-hmm. underneath. That mm-hmm. is great. I love that. Like that, that by itself makes me want to play this video game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like I liked Sunless Sea quite a bit. So, mm-hmm. well, uh, you also said card game, which you know sent Brian Wade into a tizzy. Whoops! So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you said one of my trigger words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. This, this looks really it's interesting. It's also a roguelike. Uh, I I mean, not yet, but there's always potential <laughs> for the future. Like like freaking at. Alexis right now and be like add roguelike elements and I will hype you all the way to the <laughs> to the end. <laughs> so So yeah, I I've been playing that and uh I like just last night I picked up Observer. Um I don't know mm. if you guys have heard of or played Observer, but um mm. it is a smaller indie game uh adventure sort of thing. Uh, the the main thing that people have heard about it probably is that the main character is voiced by Rucker Hauer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what? Okay. Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, of of Blade Runner fame. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Neat. And, and it it very much so does feel like uh, a like a, a Blade Runner sort of feeling universe. Um, there there's even like the distinctive like pigeons flying away from you as you walk into new rooms sort of thing. Um, that I'm sure we all remember from from that wonderful film. Um, but uh, uh, I, I think of Observer as being kind of like the the dark mirror to uh, Fulbright's Tacoma. Um, it, it, it has uh, it's both are like you're walking around doing adventure game kind of things, but where uh, in all the places where Tacoma is like bright and interesting and optimistic observer is like dark and frightening and intimidating. Um, Like you, you, your character uh, has kind of a, a a brain Jack, like almost like Johnny mnemonic style. Um, And you use it mostly in the game to plug into people that are either dead or dying. And like, 
as the light is going out of them, you, like, race through their memories to try to find, like, clues and hints about what is going on. Um, and it's very disorienting and very uncomfortable and very strange, um, but really cool. Uh, it, it does, however, come with the warning. It comes up front at the beginning of the game, but, like, because of some of the effects that they use, if you if you tend towards, like, uh, you know, seizures or epilepsy or things like that, you should absolutely not play this game because, like, damn, there's some serious strobing effects going on in this one. Um, it's part of the reason I, I, I never mentioned it to Rachel because I know that she has problems with those kind of things. Ugh, it makes me sick. I can never finish the end of, of Alien because mm. it's nonstop strobe. Yeah. Sucks. yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that for sure. Yeah, uh, again with the art style of this game, like the the it's very evocative, and like I I'm buying this game as soon as we're done recording this podcast. Yeah, yeah it, I have I, I have literally like eight unplayed games in my living room right now, and I'm like, oh, let me go ahead and buy this one too because <laughs> it looks yeah. so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I don't know I, that. Uh, Observer is also a brother recommendation, so shout-outs to my brother Chris, whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Chris. Aww, happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday, Chris. Happy birthday man. Um, he, he's a, a huge, like, classic sci-fi film fan, so he, mm-hmm. this got on his radar because of, probably because of the, the Rucker-Hauer connection, I'm sure, but, like, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he brought it to my attention, so... Um, other than that, I am still playing Persona 5 because I am super duper in love with and obsessed with that game but i uh, in in order to kick the habit i am going to be gifting it to a friend today actually as soon as the Ooh. podcast ends oh. oh i'm gonna give it to heidi um oh oh yeah you're gonna go hang out today yeah um but but yes like uh, I'm sure someone must have talked about persona 5 at some point on this podcast before uh if you haven't if you're into JRPGs at all, even like a little bit, like play Persona Five. Do yourself a favor; it'll make you really happy. Like it just will. It's... So the funny thing about Persona Five is that none of the actual hosts have played it, as far as I know. Um, I've to... played a small, tiny amount of it. Okay, I, 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 I yeah. forgot Josh but we've had a couple of guests on that have talked about yeah. it a lot. Yeah, we, we brought yeah. uh, one of my yeah. favorite bartenders from the local Vietnamese restaurant onto the podcast, so she oh, could nice. talk about Persona <laughs> Five. <laughs> <laughs> just go that sounds so like odd yeah it's, it's a weird <laughs> like, sentence to say out loud and i, I can only do yeah. it because i've said it several times so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so I, i'm i'm uh working my way through my new game plus on persona 5 and trying to uh trying to catch them all from the uh the the pokemon-esque end of that with uh getting every single persona in the game uh and i'm pretty close i i might not cap that off until after i i break down and buy a second copy of the game at some point and keep playing it um but uh other than that uh i have been playing a little bit of torment tides of numenera um mostly uh on the back of all the good things that uh uh Gary Butterfield had to say about that game. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good game. I haven't finished it, but I liked what I what I did play. Yeah, uh, I, I'm still pretty early days into it. I feel like, um, 
But, you know, I've done some pretty cool things like uh, help a robot give birth and like... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, we, we've talked you know, too much about Nier on this podcast, so you, you, can't, you can't bring up Nier again. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, step through many alternate realities and... and uh, um, so, yeah, uh, really super rad game. Uh, I actually, uh, at one point online, mentioned that I feel like, as far as like fully-fledged games go, Tides of Numenera is probably the closest I've got to feeling like I'm walking through an episode of Doctor Who, because it has that, like, anything could happen, and, like, nothing seems too outrageous to try sort of feeling to it, that... I'm like, yeah, this is this is my shit. Um, so, well, cool. And, and then the last thing that I've been playing and replaying and replaying is uh, a game that Josh has on his list too. So yeah. I, I will wait and and just chime in when he talks about it. I think. Well, I'm going to go to Josh next, so that might be exactly what Josh wants to talk about. Perfect. Might as well bring it up now, as soon as we're here. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get a chance to talk about this uh, last time I was on because we were on a bit of a time constraint. But uh, yeah, I actually managed to finish Hellblade, and my word, that is that's an incredible game. Yes, that is yeah, it is insane. I tell you what, the the way that they summed it up when they said that they wanted to make a triple A AAA game, but for half the budget, and therefore it would be half the length and everything, that is spot on because the mm-hmm. visuals in this game. Holy shit, the visuals. It is yes. incredible to look at. Absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, so, so I was all in on this from the first moment I saw it. I mean, because I remember seeing brief snippets of this uh, not too long after the PS4 first came out. Because I think it was meant to be a little bit different back in like when it was first being produced and then it sort of over time just naturally evolved into its current state um in terms of story and characterization and the themes that it deals with mm-hmm. um but yes yeah, so i remember seeing that real old screenshots from it a couple of years ago and thinking this is the same game because this just looks completely different to what yeah, they, yeah what they're initially going for um but they've just absolutely nailed it because obviously with games it's difficult to actually cover things such as mental illness because mental illness is an incredibly difficult thing to talk about in conversation let alone try to cover it via an interactive experience like a game so i would recommend if you if you listen to this and you haven't played it for a start just go and play it now do it just do it just do it now (laughs) it's it's on my steam yeah it's fantastic it won't take you too long you could probably do it in a weekend i expect um, yeah, that's how I did it. I, I played yeah. it all the way through over a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not too long. I'd say it's probably about six, maybe seven hours, even, you know, if you're really sort of pushing it. Um, but so once you have played it, watch the documentary thing that comes with it on the main menu because that mm-hmm. goes into the information of um, how they made the game and the the people that they worked in conjunction with to figure out how to convey the themes of the game and it's it's incredible to see i mean all the people who were involved in it were interviewed afterwards and sort of said you know it's it's fascinating how they've managed to take the information that we've given them and convey it in a way that is as true a portrayal as is possible 
via just an interactive piece of media. Um, but yeah, just everything with with the binaural audio and the the way that those voices act and the yeah. way that they they speak to Senua as you know sometimes they're positive sometimes they're so incredibly damning of her um, yeah. and it's it's just it makes for a very oppressive atmosphere that is completely reflected in the visuals and the the tone because it, at points it can be utterly gorgeous and it's got beautiful sort of sunshine and beautiful vistas and whatnot but it is just so incredibly dark and it, it feels really odd to say that the dark feels extra dark but it that's kind of how i felt all the way through it is there is just, because the this the tonality and the themes of it it just really speaks to the game graphically it just it kind of all blends into one big thing so that you you do truly feel like you are in control of the situation yet simultaneously incredibly vulnerable um and it's just phenomenal. And the one thing that I was completely pleasantly surprised by, actually, is the combat. Because the combat is essentially just its just the, the face buttons on the right-hand side. Yeah. Um, but for such a simple combat system, it's got such complexity and weight to it that I genuinely didn't expect. Because I thought, oh, that's the combat system. That's, you know, that's a bit sort of rudimentary and not a lot to it. But... The way that they manage to gain a sense of weight and a sense of, I don't know, feeling to it. It's like you really feel your shots connecting with these enemies. And especially, mm. I mean, it's like that I've played hundreds of hours of Dark Souls and I'm yet to nail a parry. I'm so good at nailing <laughs> parries in Hellblade. It's, it's incredible and it just it feels good. It just feels... It's it's a strange connection, but the way that I felt when I did it is in the first Lord of the Rings movie when you've got uh, Aragorn up against the I can't remember his name, but the the Urukai in the forest, and when he's absolutely battered and he throws this this sort of dagger at him and he batters it out the way with his sword, it just it feels like that because that looks awesome and the screen <laughs> presence of that looks incredible, and that's how I felt just nailing a parry. It just it feels so incredibly good, and sometimes uh, you need to do the parries in order to, to make the enemies visible, um, because of the way that they are portrayed to you. Um, yeah. yeah, but so it just, this game is just honestly, if I hadn't played Nia, this would be my game of the year. But so Nia just tips it just because of the themes in that game and the way that it got to me one particular bit at three o'clock in the morning when I was ha- absolutely knackered, but. <laughs> But if I hadn't played that, this would be... I mean, this is pretty much on par with Nia. I don't know how this is going to go in my own sort of head when the year comes to an end, because I feel like this is... It's not only a great game to play, I feel like it's also a very important game, because it's it's a a non-patronising representation of things that people do take for granted and that people do make light of and it's important that we take note of the themes that are presented in this game and actually sort of try if nothing else if you take nothing away from this game apart from just the consideration for people who suffer from these things because it's so easy to just brush it under the carpet and think oh it doesn't affect me so it's not my problem you can help these people they just they need your support the people who suffer yeah. from the same things that senua is going through just they need to, 
a non-patronizing point of view. They need somebody to actually sit there and be willing to help them. And I feel like this game has the power and the clout to give people the perspective that they need in order to have that consideration. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but I've been yeah. talking about it for ages. So, Alex, how do you feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, man, you, you you nailed it on the head for for a lot of it. I was I was actually going to say uh, when. I went to college, uh, I majored in psychology and particularly in abnormal psychology. And uh, one of the things that's always bothered me about how uh, abnormal psychology is represented in video games is uh, it it is very clearly derived from the bullshit that you see in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. and, yeah. and it's it's used uh, in such a cartoonish and disrespectful way to people that are suffering from very real conditions. Mm -hmm. um, and this game is not like that. Um, yeah. it, it, like, I, I, I managed to avoid all of the developer diary things for the most part that came out before this game, which those are all yeah. still up on, on YouTube also. Um, and a lot of that gets distilled down into that, that making of documentary you're talking about, but there's, mm -hmm. there's, uh, a lot more interesting stuff going on there. And and one of the things with the developer diaries that's interesting is that um, you can see the turning point where they go from that typical, like, shitty Hollywood depiction of mental illness to talking to experts and, and like, firsthand account people that live with it and going, oh, no, we're doing this all wrong. And then mm. they have the 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 creative strength to go, we need to change this completely. And they backtrack and they completely revise their game. And mm. the game goes from being a mediocre sword melee game with, mm. with your stereotypical Hollywood crap in it to a, a like genuine statement on mental illness that, mm -hmm because it's experiential is super duper important. Like the thing about mental illness is that there's no stuff to it, right? Like you can't mm -hmm. see it or touch it or feel it or hear mm -hmm. it. And so if you don't feel it yourself, it does not exist. And mm -hmm. this is like something that throws the veil back for, for people that don't experience this. Like if you play this game, you will know a small piece of what it's like to live with mental illness. Yeah, and, and I have to say, like, I have really severe bipolar amongst a bunch of other crap, and Alex can attest to that. Um, mm -hmm. And it's so, like, refreshing and amazing to see um, a group of people that are, are willing to work together to get it right. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's not just, like this thing they thought like this might be interesting like alex said like they took it seriously and for you know somebody who who has mental illness and faces that every day um it's really encouraging because you know so many people just kind of blow it off and and it's not a real thing like alex said like it's not you know it doesn't affect them so it's not real um, so I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that they, uh, went down that route. A lot of, a lot of kudos, a lot of respect for that. Mm. Yeah. 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 Particularly and, and in, 
Sorry, go oh, on. Oh, I was just going to say, it's also a fun game. Like, you know, it's not just a good experience, but you'll also have a good time playing it. It doesn't feel like mm. shit in your hands or anything like that. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I feel like this game is particularly important in 2017 as well because of everything that's going on at the moment, because of everything that has happened recently and everything that you know, has changed in the world over the past couple of years and is likely to change in the next few years and for however long to know that there are people out there who still take this level of consideration very seriously um, is, I find personally, that just that small group of people making a game like this can cut through all the bullshit like, you know, like it's a hot knife. It can just, it makes a statement. It's a bold point and it says, look, games don't have to be all this bullshit stuff and all the because obviously we've got all the, the cynicism in the games industry and how so many um illnesses and uh minorities of people get misrepresented in the games and whatnot and to just have something that is so focused and so concise in the point that it, it wants to make is very much a breath of fresh air to just know that they have taken the consideration and they've taken the time and they've they've not they've kind of taken that knowledge and made that the driving force and just built a game around it so the game is merely a vessel for it and although obviously the game has interactivity and you've got combat in the game and everything because it is at the end of the day a video game so it needs to be interactive it needs to be worthy of people buying it but Mm -hmm. to know that they've made the themes of it so front and center i feel they should be very much applauded for. And it is a bold move to do that in this day and age. And I just, I hope that this game goes down in history, if I'm honest, as uh, games don't need to be like this. They can be like this. It just needs to have the right mindset and the willing to just make a point rather than make a fun game with a few ideas in it. It needs to be sort of very poignant and this game absolutely nails it so it's a fantastic game and if anybody's listened to this now and hasn't played it just go go and play it it'll probably be on sale on psn pretty soon i imagine because psn's always got a sale on so mm-hmm. you know if, you, if you're working to a budget or whatever but just keep, do yourself keep your a favor it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do yourself a favor and get this one played because it is, it's not just a great game. It's a very important game and I feel it deserves so much exposure and so much word of mouth praise to actually get it in people's hands playing it because it's, it's incredible and it needs to be played. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad I got very angry at all of you on this podcast today because I... Y'all, I've been off work for like a month, and you're making me spend all my money on video games. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. And it's, you know, uh, uh, Hellblade is reasonably affordable, too. Like, it's like a $30 game, I think. And Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I need to get into this. I, um, did both of you play it with headphones? That's the that's the big thing that I oh, hear. Oh, absolutely. From. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm. Must play it with headphones. Because the, the, the viral sound he was mentioning, which is 3D sound for people don't know, um, it... it makes it feel like specifically what it's used for in this game is for the voices um, because the the voices feel like they're in your head when you're wearing headphones for this. Um, mm. And that is very important to understanding what makes this game so special. Mm. Yeah. I mean, so initially I didn't play with headphones just because 
normally so games are my thing but and normally uh my girlfriend doesn't take too much sort of time to sort of really get into it but from the start she was getting into it and i don't happen to have a headphone splitter handy so we yeah, had yeah. to play it um with it out loud but i have gone back and played a small bit of it with headphones just to experience it because that is the true way to experience it and yeah it's it's just it makes the, the game so much better playing with headphones. It just the sense of immersion that you get yeah. is incredible. So that's definitely the way to go. Yeah, and and speaking of immersion, one thing we kind of skipped over is like how austere this game actually is. There is no UI. Mm. Um, yep. There, all there is is Senua, the sword, and you, and the voices. And the voices. Mm are what they use to make up a lot of the difference of this. So, like, if an enemy is coming up on you behind, sometimes the voices will be like, it's behind you, move, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, if, uh, you know, you need to do something specifically to beat a boss or whatever, the voices will start, like, rising in a chorus being like, you need to focus and, like, you know, tell you what you need to do, basically. Um and, you know, if they want to attract your attention to a certain place on the screen, the voices will whisper about some kind of landmark that's near that thing. And that's what they use to attract your attention rather than like an arrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it feels very naturalistic and like, you know, there, there's no explanation at any point. There's no tutorial in this game. Like... Mm-hmm. No joke, I was like 20 minutes into this game before I figured out there was a run button. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, so you have like a specific ability that is um, like the, the way that you use it is there is a visual representation of it on something that Senua has attached to her. So I feel it's kind of like slightly Dead Space-like where, you know, in Dead Space, your health is represented by the bar that is mm-hmm. sort of typically part of the suit that the character is wearing. So it it eliminates the need for a UI. And I like that it doesn't have one because a UI in this game would just be too distracting. I appreciate the fact that I am just alone with this character in this world with no extra guff on screen. It's just, it's it's me and her and we're just we're going through this experience together. Um, so it's fantastic. Just get it played, for Christ's sake. So <laughs> Everybody good. can buy it played. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I'm going to go play it right after this because I, I just got access to my brother's library on Steam, and it's there, so... Might as well try it. That's going to mm-hmm. happen. I've been meaning mm-hmm. to, but you guys have sold it like even harder, so, you know, mm. it's going to happen today. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it played. The game's so good. Um... But so the Brian was talking about the fact we're making him buy games. He's not going to need to buy this next one because I don't really think it's worth it. Um, oh. <laughs> um, Shots fired. So I've been playing. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Get Even. So I only very very quickly touched on this the last time I was on, and I, I stated that it's it's an all round PlayStation game, and by that I meant it's a PlayStation Four game that looks like a PlayStation Three. <laughs> game runs like a playstation 2 game it has the voice acting of a playstation 1 game (laughs) 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 it's that kind of game and that was after only having played about half an hour of it i've played a lot more of it now and i stand by that statement because it's it's not very good it really isn't um 
the only time I'd really heard of this game prior to actually picking it up was there was a PlayStation Access video of uh, Holly Bennett interviewing the developers, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting. You know, you've got the, the kind of the main concept of it is sold to you via you have a corner gun, which is exactly what it sounds like. Is you have a gun that can aim exactly ninety degrees either way, so you can actually fire at enemies whilst still being in cover. And they make a big point of that gun in the game itself. But when you actually get hold of the gun in the game and you use it, as you naturally would, if you you are given a gun in a first-person shooter, you tend to shoot the gun. Um, yeah. But then you get moaned at for shooting the gun because it's it's kind of like got a bit of an Assassin's Creed feel to it where you're trying to recover memories. And the more it's sold to you as the more people that you shoot, the more disconnected you become from the memory but i've killed virtually everybody i've encountered in this game and i've got pretty much 90 percent completion on all the memories so it really makes no difference there is no consequence to it so i don't understand why you get moaned at for using something that is like expressly told to you i mean uh, part of the story is your character steals the gun essentially so it's made part of the story and so to give you this gun that is the main selling point, as it was back when I first saw it, but then complain at the character for using it, like, well, don't give me the gun then, or at least just give me, like, the attachment, but don't let me put guns... I mean, so you, it comes with a pistol, and then once you kill people with it, you can pick up their machine guns and attach the machine guns to it. It's like, well, don't give me the ability to switch up weapons... <laughs> whether I, wa I want it sort of single shot or actually fully automatic and then moan at me for using it but mm. just don't what's the point in that it makes no sense <laughs> at yeah. all it, it sounds so. like if, if uh, in Half-Life 2 you got the gravity gun and then like all of your supporting characters complained about you using it for the yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly it just I don't get it either just stop moaning about it or don't give me the fucking gun in the first place. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, I got so fed up with it. The story is kind of... It's very odd. There's part of the story I like and part of it that I don't like. So the way it's set up is you're kind of in or you think you're in an asylum. And you can tell you're in an asylum because obviously you've got mad people running around and you've got somebody who's pretending to be the Mad Hatter and he says a little riddle oh, and... God. <laughs> Batman is there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Batman is there. <laughs> yeah. Remember yep. when we were talking about shitty Hollywood depictions of mental illness? Yep. Uh, yep. yep, this is exactly that. Yeah. Yep. But the trouble is, is that they frame that as being an asylum, but then they kind of backpedal on that further on in the game. Um, it's never really fully explained. Um, but the other part of the story is um, you are a like a special ops person whose voice sounds way too old for the character like <laughs> you there, there's posters of you so you can actually see what you look like and you can really but my character sounds way older than that um but then that's probably just because the voice acting is terrible um yeah so it, it says that you have gone to save some girl who has been kidnapped and she has a bomb strapped to her and she can't it, save herself you know yeah yeah <laughs> she's exactly, a woman you know. Yeah, exactly. This is, this yeah, is actually how so. uh, me and my wife met, too. So that's, I don't know if that's. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but so you are apparently sent in to 
save her and apparently that goes sour um so you then have to regain your memories of how the kidnapping came to happen and all of the key players that were involved with the kidnapping um and you find that her dad was was a bit of an asshole um and was just doing horrible things and whatnot basically the story in this game is kind of interesting but forgettable it's one of those where it's very much a yeah, it was all right for the time, but it's definitely not going to stick with me. Um, so I would say don't pick it up unless it's I don't know, extraordinarily cheap. Um, mm-hmm. Just because the main mechanic that it sells to you, it then complains at you for using it. Um, the voice acting does not sell these characters at all. I mean, it's, it's again, I know that we go over this with games over and over, but some of the crying acting in this game, oh... It's oh, like Articon levels in Metal Gear Solid 2 sort of thing. It's really, really jarring. I was actually cringing and thinking, oh, uh, this is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. I do terrible. voice acting, so when I hear bo- bad voice acting, it just it breaks yeah. my heart a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely steer clear of this one then because it would, it would just be a massive cringe fest for you. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so bad. Um, the story is... It's bit, been interesting enough to pull me through it um because i picked it up in a sale so i figured well i didn't pay full price for it so it's not too bad i would be kind of i feel kind of cheated if i had paid full price for it um yeah but so it's intriguing enough to pull me through um and so now i've finished what is supposedly the main story and then there's like a twist at the end and whatever and then you end up playing as a different character um and i've been doing different things with that character that i couldn't really tell you because i didn't really give enough of a shit to actually remember what i was doing um yeah so it's it's all right but i'd say you know when it's on sale for like sub 10 bucks or something that's probably your best your best time to pick it up because it's it's definitely not going to sort of be in anybody's game of the year list this year let's just put it that way so i was kind of disappointed because i did not necessarily have high hopes because i didn't know too much about it going in but it's not really what i was expecting it to be um so it's yeah yeah so but yeah brian you haven't got to worry about picking that one up don't worry that's that's not like uh a massive recommendation on my part at all so yeah, you're, you're really not selling it to me no no and that that was my intention to be honest because i don't want you wasting your money on this <laughs> um yeah it's, it's kind, of, it's kind of disappointing though because like it, it looks cool like I'm, yeah. look, I'm looking at it on steam right here and it, lo- it looks kind of cool it, it, it looks if it's cool. bad then yeah i mean so graphically when you consider that this game full price co- costs exactly the same amount as hellblade and Hellblade, Hellblade had a particularly small team where the graphics aren't even really a massive part of what they were going for. Yeah. But you get this, that just the textures just look so blurry in this. They just, it, it, it looks terrible. You're yeah. definitely right calling it like a PS3. It looks like a PS3 game. Yeah, it does. It looks like a sort of a mid-era PS3 game um, at best. Um, I'd say at its worst, it looks like late PS2 era. Mm-hmm. Um, and it plays like it too. It it just feels <laughs> terrible. Um, so the the corner gun's pretty cool, but other than that, and the, the slightly intriguing story, there's not really that much good I can say about it. Um, which is a shame, but you know, I don't want to lie and say that it's good when it isn't. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. 
Just want to quickly, uh, very quickly mention, because I've only played about half an hour of it, uh, Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. Uh, I picked that up because it was, um, I just picked it up real, real cheap because uh, I had my eye on it and I, I knew that it got mixed Sorry, reviews and I thought, well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I picked it up, super cheap. Um, Tell me the I said hi. Sorry, Josh, please continue. I'll, That's right. I'll try to shut my dogs up. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it was super cheap, and I thought, yeah, I'll just I'll pick up and I'll give it a go. Um, it's basically what I expected it to be. I didn't expect it to be anything overly fantastic. Um, the, my main concern with it is it's the sensitivity of it is extremely sluggish. I've got it turned up all the way, and it still feels like it could go up like another full sort of rotation if you want to call it that sort of a full rotation of it and that would solve solve it but the moment even with it up all the way it just feels so sluggish so i actually um i messaged the developer on twitter the other day asking if there was a patch inbound to fix that and they did actually get back to me and say that there isn't but they might consider sort of looking into it in the future so hopefully maybe by me sort of communicating it they might see to that um but yeah, it was only I've only played half an hour of it. There's no point in saying more of it than that. Um, the only other thing I played is a bit of Rainbow Six Siege because that was on a free weekend last weekend. So I've, I've been oh. sort of I'm in an iron about whether or not to actually sort of pick it up because it does look really interesting and really fun. Um, but it's the kind of game where I'd need like a sort of dedicated team to play it regularly, um, and I wasn't really prepared to spend too much money on it. Um, so luckily enough, because it was free at the weekend, it was also on sale. So I picked that up because it was dirt cheap as well. Um, and I've actually sort of been dipping in, in and out of it during the week. And by dipping in and out of it, I mean I go to play it and I play one round of a match, and then it, the server boots me off. Because the server <laughs> things for Ubisoft games are just... They're so bad. So bad. There was a, a, I think it was Wednesday, where I tried to play it, and every match I joined, it would let me do one round and would boot me straight out. So I thought, oh, just, this is not going to happen. Um, it seems to be a bit better now, um, so I don't know what the problem was. Um, but yeah, so that was, it, it was quite an interesting experience, not, not being able to play the game just because it won't allow me to play the game rather than <laughs> I'm just shit at this game, which I am, I'm completely shit at the game, but that's not the main barrier here, and that was very weird. Um, one thing I have noticed is because I'm new to it, as I'm having to play in all the casual stuff, and people in there, they're real assholes. They're real <laughs> elitist about it. Because from, from what I can gather is they seem to consider new players to be an inconvenience or a hindrance to them because they're new. And obviously they need to play the game in order to learn the game. But that makes these other people look bad. And so the amount of times I got shot by my own team just because they obviously knew that I was a new player coming into it via the free weekend and they must have considered me to just, I don't know, be cramping their style or something, but I was thinking, well, how am I supposed to learn the game if you won't allow me to play it because you don't want me on your team? You know, it just, it was very odd and so they've, I've been sort of they voted to boot me out a couple of times which is quite funny to watch actually because when when somebody's voted to be booted out, it, it comes up on screen, even if it's you. So, oh, that's nice. That's, yeah, cheers, lads. That that makes me feel a lot better, that does. <laughs> yeah, just like being able to see that you want to kick me out. Fantastic. So 
I mean, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person to get offended by that stuff. I personally found it funny. Um, the fact that I'm so much of an inconvenience, you want to get rid of me. That's very funny to me. But at the same time, you're thinking, just come on. How am I ever supposed to learn this game if you don't give me the chance to? Um, but other than that, I've been watching videos on YouTube all week trying to sort of... Because it's, it's a game that is not too much about the shooting. It's more about the tactics that go into it. So I've been watching videos about what people find annoying that new players do. We don't, we don't um, talk about they... Dota on this podcast, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, but so just watching videos and people going on about what they find new players do and how that's annoying. And it was interesting to see all these videos and thinking, oh, actually, I do do that. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> no, you're right. I do that as well. I just Because I had nobody to kind of instruct me on what I should be doing, I just had to kind of learn it on the fly. And then mm-hmm. thinking, oh, shit, okay. So that's that would explain why every barricade I put up, people would tear straight down again. Right, okay. So now I'm beginning to uh, learn those things and implement them. And I've even gone so far as to... Uh, change the setup for the controls and somebody even said to turn the vibration off because the vibration of the controller can sometimes throw your aiming off um and to turn <laughs> i'm sorry yeah it's, it's, <laughs> yeah the online community it's, for these games are is such are so fucking ridiculous sometimes like yeah i just it, oh my it really is ridiculous yeah i mean i was sitting there kind of half paying attention half laughing at it because i'm thinking this is just all bullshit but at the same time you know i paid my money for the game i want to play it because it's quite fun so if i can at least try and make heads or tails of it and to the point where i can play it on a regular basis and not just get shot within 10 seconds that that sort of justifies my purchase um yeah so but just turning um the sensitivity of the sticks up but then turning the sensitivity of the aiming down the sights down turning the vibration off turning off the subtitles making sure your brightness is a certain level and thinking this is bullshit but if it helps (laughs) i'm going to adhere to it so i have done and now i'm trying to remember all these things that i've heard all these people to talk about as i'm playing it i'm trying to apply some of it as i go along and it has helped me out in a couple of matches to be fair so there is a certain uh level where it does come in handy it's just wrapped up in it's all bullshit um but a few of the videos i watched said yeah this is all bullshit and it's just we're going on about it because it annoys us but it is in a joking fashion and thinking well i'm not quite sure how much of a joke it is here but whatever (laughs) um yeah, but it's, in, it's pretty fun. I'm going to sort of continue to dip in and out of it because um, I reckon I could... Because I'm not that much of a, an online game person, really. I mean, I love playing Titus 2 online, um, but other than that, I don't really tend to play that much online. I have no real interest in picking up Destiny because obviously that's out this coming week. Um, so just, this will probably be my thing. Um, and then if anyone else decides to pick it up and they want to sort of... I don't know, sort of make a team, put a team together and play it, then we can sort that out. But yeah, that is everything that I've played. So I don't know who's up next. B Wade. Yes, yeah. I can talk about some video games. Talk about a video game. Uh, what, what do you all know about Absolver? Uh, Not a lot. I, I know a little bit. I, I kind of like watched a few of the trailers and was like, this could be interesting. It might not be. I don't know. Is it interesting? I, Absolver is good as hell, man. Is I, it? I love this game. Like I've, I probably put like four or five hours into it in like the past week. Um, mm-hmm. And it's so so. 
I guess I guess in case people don't know what it is, it's uh it's basically like a it's a martial arts uh souls like I guess. I, I hate Ooh. using that that term, but souls like mm. uh it is it is it is definitely inspired by Dark Souls like that that style of like world building and uh mm-hmm. exploration and combat. Like the, the combat is very Dark Souls, like you have two two attack buttons and it's uh kinda kinda combo based. It's a little it's a little more in depth than Dark Souls because you have like the way you learn different moves and stuff. Um, <clears throat> so you start off with a, with a base set of moves, like just like you have a couple punches, a couple kicks, um, and the way you learn new moves is by having them used on you. And so it has like journey style, like drop in, drop out multiplayer, where there will just be other people in the area that you're in, uh, or I guess like kind of kind of like Destiny, like when you're out wandering around in, in the world in Destiny, um, and there will just be other people in the same area as you, uh, but. The difference is is that it's journey it's journey style drop in drop out multiplayer, but like you can punch the people that are playing uh, playing the game with you. And so as a as, like as a, as a default setting, you don't uh, you're not aggressive toward other people, other humans in in the area. <clears throat> um, but there is friendly fire, like you can you can hit them and deal damage to them. Uh, but then like that doesn't immediately make you make the two of you hostile. So like you could you could then. Uh, choose to either fight them or you're just kind of like, oh, sorry, like I didn't mean to hate or whatever, and you just move on. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and it kind of like tags it. So, like, you, you get tagged as like, oh, you're in neutral standing with each other or, like, you're hostile toward each other or you're, like, co-oping together or whatever. Um, mm. But the cool thing is is that, like, when someone attacks you, uh, like, with a move, and this is either an enemy or, like, a, like an NPC enemy or a... Uh, another player, uh, if you don't know that move, if you either block it or uh, or parry it or whatever, or dodge it, then you get a little bit, little bit of experience toward that move. Um, and hmm. I'm apparently roboting out again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, I'm, your I'm voice very is kind of weird. <laughs> hardcore, man. Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> is, is it still bad? Yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of glitching in and out. Do you, are you on Wi-Fi or anything? You've never I, done this. Before. I mean, like I'm on I'm, I'm on my normal internet. Nothing's downloading, as far as I know. Mm. I'm gonna. You wanna try to drop from the call and then join back in? Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna put a little tag of the time so you can edit this. Yes, thank you. I was. I'll be back in a second. Okay. <laughs> so no, while Brian's not here, fuck that guy, huh? <laughs> fucking glad he's gone Jesus Christ man so I'm back uh, I don't remember where I was do you just want me to start over with all of the Absolver talk not at all no um, okay pick it up from where you were uh, if you block or get hit by an attack you, you learn it okay yeah so so if you are if you, basically if you are not actually damaged by the attack you get a little bit of experience toward the attack and then that uh, that experience is given to you like as it, it's it, you, you get like what they call temporary experience, and you don't actually get to keep the experience. Am I roboting again? <laughs> there was some weird ass noise that just happened. There. That so yeah, weird. that was really odd. Okay, well, that, that wasn't me, as far as I know. Are you uh, well, are you podcasting from the negative zone? What, what, what I is am this? podcasting from the negative zone. <laughs> go go ahead. We don't have to, we don't have to break. You're, you're roboting a little bit, but it's better. Okay. All right. Um, I, I don't know what's going on. Maybe my internet's just bad today. Uh. So yeah, so so you you get this temporary experience, and then you uh, get to keep it as like quote unquote full experience if you actually defeat the the person that's attacked you with that attack, and then so you slowly build that up over time, and eventually learn the attack, and then you can add it to your you have like this they call it a combat deck, so uh, 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 ding for card games, hmm. um, 
<laughs> and <laughs> and so when you uh when when you are at like the bonfire equivalent, you can change your combat deck to uh to add different moves. And it's it's really simple combo based stuff where it's like, oh, hit X a couple times and then Y and you'll do this combo or like whatever. Like just just stuff like that. It's nothing it's nothing complex like a fighting game. But it's uh it's very fun. It's um there there's a it's a lot of PvP. I'm not I'm not really sure that uh, people would enjoy it if they want to play it solely as a P- PVE experience. Uh, I think you'd want to like be into the fighting of other players. Um, but I, yeah. I, I really highly recommend this game. Like I'm really enjoying it, and I I was a little worried because like anytime someone tells me that something is a Souls like, I get nervous. But it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of positive reception with this in the Souls mm. community. Like I know um, yeah. Peeve is streaming a lot of it, and he seems to, to mm-hmm. really really dig the combat. So. I've had my eye on this one for a long time. Like the original E3 demo was looked really, really cool, and the combat looked really, really fun. I had no idea. I thought this was purely PvP. Um, I, yeah, I, me I, too. I had no idea this was a story and exploration based game. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Yeah, for, for for what I can tell, there's like like I don't know, like six to eight hours of of story based content. And it's not and it's not even really a story. Like they give you like this very this very like generic the uh, uh, kind of premise that you're like a prospect and you have to go out and fight these like masters or whatever these like marked ones i don't remember even remember what they call them that's how that's how uh, unimportant it is uh but i have to like fight six of those guys to open up a door and then i'm assuming there will be like a final boss behind that door dr wiley comes out at that point (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah but uh i mean that's more or less over i don't know if any of y'all if y'all have any questions about it um but otherwise that's kind of what kind of what i have to say about it yeah, cool. Are um, you playing on PC or PS4? I'm playing on PC, but I'm not opposed to buying it on PS4 as well. Yeah, I'll have to pick this up. I think. Yes, it I have. Really good. I, I, I highly really recommend. Fun. I hope. Um, I hope someone pays us all a lot of podcast dollars for this podcast because so we can afford <laughs> all of these games and we keep convincing one another to buy. That's what I'm saying, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should be getting advertising money for all the games that we're picking. <laughs> Tell me yeah. about oh, it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, if you could pay me in time as well, I'd greatly appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> just, just give me like a 28 hour day, and I'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 With, with no work responsibilities. Let's listen. Exactly. Yeah. So we don't get, we don't get robbed. Um, Brian, do you want to talk a little bit about the Dark Souls board game? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the Dark Souls board game because that's going to be one that I'm, I'm going to talk about, and we can kind of team up on it. Mm-hmm. Um, has anybody here played it before we get into it? Nope. Nope. I just drooled over pictures on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> you, did, you, I, did, you did a good job. You that's did. all you needed needed to do, honestly. I, uh, oh, really? I, I kickstarted it um, specifically to have the figurines because even though I'm not much of an artist, like I, I had designs on painting all these little figurines i thought it'd be a lot of fun mm-hmm. and uh we'll still do that but uh since brian wade was in town uh we finally broke out the box and set it all up and tried to play it and i was i don't think this maybe this is an overhype thing because like some other members of our community like um revitar who does the we're not wizards mm-hmm. podcast and patty stardust over mm-hmm. twin humanities both said it was really really fun patty specifically said he had a blast with it even solo mm-hmm. um Boy, I did not. I think this nope. game is pretty terrible. Uh, we were pretty bored. I yeah, gotta say, we didn't even like. We didn't finish it. <laughs> like nope. we we kind of we had been at it for a couple of hours, and uh, because the setup was incredibly long. Um, and granted, we were starting from scratch, so like I hadn't popped all of the little thingies out, and we hadn't we hadn't we had to so we had to do it all from from scratch. The 
Brian kept referring to it as very, very crunchy, and uh, it, it, it is. There's a lot of rules to it. There's a lot of stuff that you have to kind of know. There's a lot of things that you have to understand so that you can kind of go through an encounter um, properly. And, uh, boy, it just seems just drastically unfair to the player. I um, at, So if you start an encounter, which is you versus, you know, some enemies uh, – the all of the enemies attack or all the enemies move first and they've got a, a set of rules that they will go through to whether or not they're going to attack the nearest person with aggro or the nearest person or if they're, they're going to try to move towards you and then attack. Uh, but all of the enemies move, then player one moves, then all of the enemies move again, then player two moves, then all of the mo- enemies move again, and then it's back to player one. Like, so if there are like five geez. enemies in the room, then five, the five enemies attack between each one player's attack. That's so stupid. And have they never played D and T? That's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I oh man, I, it's it's so it's just it seems it, and it seems set up to grind. Like so, if you win this encounter, you get two souls per. Um, is it per person that was playing? Is that right? I Brian? believe so because we just got. I think we just got four souls every time we every cleared, single a, time. cleared a room, regardless of the amount of enemies that you killed, and um, and the setup process on and this regardless was so of long. the difficulty of the enemies you killed, too. yeah, and, and regardless and of so there are like, they're like, the, like, like the basic hollow enemies, the hollow soldiers or whatever. Like you would think they wouldn't be worth many souls, but then like you fight like the bigger guys, like a silver knight or whatever, and mm-hmm. it's like that that guy should be worth like a significant amount more souls than just like a hollow mm-hmm. soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! And so we got everything set up and started the first encounter and realized that we didn't quite understand the rules. So we we like watched a forty five minute YouTube video. So we <laughs> oh tried my to God! No, yeah, yeah, we were we were we were hitting play, watching him go through an encounter, and then pausing it, and then trying to do the same thing ourselves, so we could try to figure out like <laughs> oh, what we're supposed oh. to do. It's it's way complicated, and then. Yeah, the, the whole soul thing, you, you can spend souls to either level up or to um, get loot. And the loot is random, so you can pick it up. And, like, by the end of our first and only game, like, we, ha- we had a bunch of loot, but we couldn't use it. Uh, yeah, there was, like, nothing that either of us could use. Souls are shared. So, like, we that's have... how buying things in Dark Souls works. Exactly. <laughs> um, souls are shared. So we had to have the conversation of, like, hey you could probably use this armor because you're up in everybody's grill all the time. So let's use these souls to level you up and then I will try to get some new gear. So like, so you have to kind of share this pool a little bit and it's not extremely fun. Yeah, I, I wasn't super opposed to like the sharing of souls, but there should have been more, more souls for us. Way to share. more of them. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I don't know, like all the enemies all attacking, like, like we talked about can just get so like we, we, the encounters are set up so you go one encounter and then like you go to the second one and then after you go through like four of these you you have a boss encounter and mm-hmm. we would get to the second encounter and just die like we couldn't and if one person dies you wipe you go back to the bonfire and Why you wouldn't have to you go, just play the actual game at that point it's yeah yeah like, believe me the actual <laughs> game is way more fun. I have hundreds and yeah. hundreds of hours into the actual game it's <laughs> it's delightful I love it. I just like yo, this is this is really really grindy and kind of bad. Like we just weren't even having any fun. By the end of it, we were like, yeah, let's just stop and put everything back up because that's probably going <laughs> to yeah, take a while. We were both just kind of like slumped back on the couch, and we would take like two, like thirty minutes between doing something because we didn't want to <laughs> do it. It was it was not good. Um, and I've so I listened to um, I, I mentioned Revitar from the We're Not Wizards podcast. He just recently interviewed the designer of this game. 
mm-hmm. so, and I, I learned some history about this that I, I wasn't aware of before. So they kickstarted this game and had an amazingly successful Kickstarter based on like some prototype stuff. So after they were funded, they contacted the lead designer and this other guy who um, so was a like a counterpart or something. But the the main de- designer on this game had never played Dark Souls before, and oh set God. about like creating this game and and y'all like like when you dodge something, it's based on a dice roll. When you block something, it's based on a dice roll. When you attack, mm-hmm. it's based on a dice roll. Which is not Dark Souls. Like, yeah, that's, like, there's no that's, random that's chance. Like heresy <laughs> for it, for Dark Souls, right? Exactly. And it even at the time, like we were as we were playing, like Brian and I would be like, okay, so that's kind of like Dark Souls, like right? Like I can see what they're going mm-hmm. with here. Like I can see what they're trying mm-hmm. to do. Uh, and then we would get to a combat situation, and like we just kept losing. And I I didn't feel like it was anything that I was doing. It was just random dice rolls. Like the only reason we finally got past that second encounter is because I dodged. I was successfully able to dodge like five times in a row. <laughs> so yeah, because there was like one enemy in that encounter that would just like deal five damage to you if you weren't able to dodge it. Yeah, and you like can't every single time, and it was very frustrating. Yeah, and you you, you, have, and you a have a limited amount of health, and we were cheating to use our Estus because I guess the Estus is not supposed to reset as often as we were resetting it. So we were actually uh, it, it cheating. wasn't the Estus; it was the luck. That's that, what it was. was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, like it's it's not fun. And I listening to the interview with the designer and listening to him talk about like yeah, when we were in the development process, that's when I started playing Dark Souls. I was like, oh yeah, okay, so. <laughs> I mean, and like, and it, I'm sure it's fine. Like, people seem to enjoy it for what it is, and it doesn't have to be Dark Souls. Um, but uh, Gary Butterfield was talking about this on Twitter recently, and he and I was talking about it on our Days of Future Cast podcast. Like, mm. just because Dark Souls is good doesn't necessarily mean it has to be everything. Like, we mm-hmm. don't need Dark yes. Souls the novelization. We don't need Dark Souls mm-hmm. the card game. I kind of feel like we don't need Dark Souls the board game. I would have just like. Let me save a hundred bucks mm. and just buy those figs, yo. Like that would have mm-hmm. been much better. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, like, and it seems like that's the the impulse when people go to adapt these things. It's like, oh, like we have a successful property, so let's make it into everything. And it definitely doesn't need to be that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I and uh, you know, I I was uh, really really big into tabletop gaming for a while, and I, you know, that was right around the time when when Dark Souls One was was hitting really big. And so, you know, I, I tried my hand at thinking about like, you know, if I was to convert this to like a tabletop RPG, like what would I do? And mm-hmm. I ultimately decided that the mechanics that make Dark Souls fun do not really translate to the tabletop mm. space. Um, because like, I, I like I would just have to to make something that even sort of felt like that in a tabletop space, I would have to change it so fundamentally that it just wouldn't be Dark Souls anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and sorry, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Good. I was going to say, uh, I Alex and I used to live together, and that's why I've never played Dark Souls because <laughs> I've seen firsthand the anguish uh, that it brings. Um, <laughs> I just thoroughly avoided it and watched him play. So never, I, I, never gonna happen for me. I, I may have thrown tantrums at various times. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, just a little bit, yeah. or like all the time. <laughs> oh man! Well, I want to, um, I want to talk about one more video game real quick. Um, have any of you played Pyre? 
I have played no a little problem. bit of it, but not as much as I want to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is from... Oh, I don't remember the name of the studio now. Supergiant. Supergiant. Thank Supergiant. you very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from Supergiant, the creators of Bastion and Transistor. And uh, I, oh, nice. I bought this immediately when it came out and just now had a chance to play it this week. And um, holy shit, that game is gorgeous. And mm-hmm. one of the... Weirdest, no one. Yeah, one of the weirdest games I've ever played. So, like, it's... It presents itself as like kind of a this weird like adventure game where you're talking to characters and you're you know it does this neat thing that I really really like um, where in the dialogue it'll highlight certain words and it treats you like you automatically know what the word is but if you move the cursor over it um, it'll actually give you the like a little bit of lore so it'll be like oh. the wayfinders and it, it'll just like read it off as the wayfinders but and it doesn't really clue you in on what that is until you go over and it's like oh the wayfinders were and I'm making up wayfinders so I don't think that's in yeah. the game but um, mm-hmm. oh the wayfinders are a group of people from such and such and such and such and like it does that during the conversation when you're having with people yeah, Tyranny kind of does that also. Yeah, the, the okay. game Tyranny. So, uh, and then yeah, that's a real cool thing. The actual game seems to be like a team-based, like pseudo basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's three v three, and they start you off with like a heavy dude and a and a medium dude and a fast dude and. You're carrying the spirit ball, and the whole point of the game is to get the spirit ball into the other player's... I don't remember the word for it, so I'm just going to call it spirit hole, because that's real funny. Um, <laughs> that sounds really bad. <laughs> so, and, and you can do that in a variety of ways. Like You can, you can kind of throw it in, or you can, uh, you can run over and dunk it in. And uh, there's some weird stuff where if you, you can kind of tackle or hit somebody and then it'll make them drop the ball and then somebody else can pick it up and you could pass it between your players uh people have different abilities and they level up in different ways so like in some cases like your your respawn cooldown like once you once you score a goal that character can no longer be on your team for like a certain amount of time so it doesn't want you to Mm -hmm. just dominate an, an enemy and it's i don't even know how to feel about it like i'd like it's uh, the presentation is amazing. Like all of the music and the art and everything is amazing, and I'm I'm sucked in immediately by the story of what's going on. And but the gameplay, like it's just it's not bad by any means. Like I'm not I'm definitely not saying that, but it's so weird and not what I expected at all. And I'm assuming that it's going to as the game progresses be more strategic. But like right now, I feel like I just hand the ball to the fast guy and just dodge around a lot and then dunk it and then wait for that dude to respawn and then do that again. So I man I I can't recommend it enough. Like if you if you if you're into super giant games, like you're probably going to be into this. Like if you play Transistor, Transistor had a super weird combat system as well. Uh, yeah. And I you know that's it's definitely more of that. As, in other words, more of that weirdness. But like, like go look a YouTube video for it because it's it's weird. Yeah. It's weird and bizarre. Yeah, I I uh, I'd heard. I can't remember who it was, so I can't shout them out on the podcast. But uh, I, I watched a video, and someone actually described it as being like the presentation of a role playing game with the gameplay of NBA Jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if that gives Sounds you guys me. some idea of what, of what it's like, it yeah. <laughs> None of my characters were on fire at any point, but I can definitely see that happening Not at yet. some point in this game. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a weird one, y'all. It's 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 very odd, but I enjoyed my, my little bit of time with it. I'm I'm definitely going to go back and finish it. Um, yeah, uh, Jeremy, I yes, do want to say that you you really buried the lead on this game, though. How did I do that? 
one of the characters is a talking dog with a mustache. Oh yeah, totally. Well, yeah. I'm officially sold. <laughs> Sorry, I should probably should have mentioned that. Yeah, the characters oh. are, are are real weird and and great. The characters are great. Yeah, and uh, like the arts, like I said, the art style is cool. Like when you are moving to uh, like a different section, like you you look at all these stars and make an astrological symbol in the sky and. As you're going there in your little caravan, you have to make decisions like so and so wants you to go up north so they can find, so they can hook up with their guy that may have a present for us. Or, but if you go south, then you can you can find some healing items or, or whatever. And so, like, there's decisions to make like that, and then yeah, NBA Jam in between. So, very weird. I, I I posted a picture of the dog in the in the chat so everybody can look at it. Yeah, your he, nice. Game. Yes, he's, he is legit. Oh shit, he he's a very is, good boy. He is legit. Let's go ahead and put <laughs> that in the uh, show notes before I forget. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Um, Rachel, you wanted to talk a little bit about Baby Driver before we GTFO. Uh, yeah. If if has anybody seen Baby Driver? I have. I saw. I saw it on the day it came out. What's up? Okay, I've seen it twice, and it is easily. One of the best movies, if not the the best movie that came out this year thus far. Uh, it's it's I, between that and John Wick Two for me. So I'm oh god, John Wick Two, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> John Wick Two was mm-hmm. so freaking good. Brian and I watched um, that when, when he was down here, and we just it was a oh. we watched Logan and then followed it up with John Wick Two. So it was a very what a good day that was. <laughs> but like, I will watch anything by Edgar Wright. I I think Fair. that he is a genius i think he's one of the best filmmakers that alive today mm-hmm. and baby driver it what i really really love about it aside from you know good plot good acting the cast was really great is the <clears throat> ability that they had to match everything to music and the effort they put into it is insane um, and a lot of it, I think, gets uh, people don't notice. Like one of the opening scenes, we see um, the main character, Baby, walking down the street, going, you know, to get coffee and then coming back. And it's all one shot, which is insane because he's bumping into people, he's talking to people. Everyone has to be in a certain place doing certain things. So I can't imagine how many takes they had for the shot. But um, he's listening to music. And if you watch in the background, the lyrics to the song will pop up. uh, Either in graffiti or, you know, whatever. Um, And it's it's just, it's so genius and it's it's got emotion it's got comedy it's got badass driving um i just if you haven't seen it you gotta see it uh there's some places that are still showing it in theaters so Mm -hmm. i i definitely recommend seeing it in a proper theater um and if you like music the soundtrack is amazing uh the way that it's used in the movie is amazing um and it edgar wright it for anyone that doesn't know he did like the shawn of the dead and hot mm-hmm. fuzz and all that stuff those are his movies so if you like that that uh style of of uh of work where it's kind of like 
zooming in on things and and things are hitting certain cues, you'll uh, definitely enjoy it. I mean, I, I can't say en- enough good stuff about it. And like yo, like Jamie Fox and John Hamm and Kevin Spacey and Flea are all in this movie. Like, yes. yeah, go see I was this just movie. looking that and up. They, yeah. yeah, and they all do a fucking good job. Like, yeah, I was I liked Kevin Spacey's character. Kevin Spacey was amazing in this. Oh my god, when is he not amazing? But true, but he like, was amazing. In this. Yeah, what was that uh, movie he did where he was like an alien? K-Pax. I fucking yeah. love that movie. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care like if that's a shit movie or not. The movie is great because Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, see Baby Driver. Agreed. Just do it. It's it's so freaking good. I can't I can't tell you enough. Rachel, have you seen the um um every frame of painting video on Edgar Wright? Um. Yes, I have, and it's freaking amazing. It is, yeah. It for those out there, it's it's basically break down breaks down why Edgar Wright is such a good filmmaker, and uh, I'll include a link in the show notes and I'll drop it here in Discord. But if you have eight minutes yeah. of your time, like go watch this video because it is it will legit convince you that he's he's just the best. So yeah, and you'll want to go watch everything that he's ever done. He did Scott Pilgrim, didn't he? Yeah, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh, which is also so good. <laughs> Yeah, just go watch every movie he's ever done because uh, he's really, really good. Yeah, my my heart breaks for the Ant Man movie that could have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, oh, well. what? Uh, he, he he was supposed to direct the Ant Man <gasps> movie initially. Yeah. Well, oh and, and, no! And you can see and he a did. Lot I guess he did like his DNA in that yeah. movie too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, a, yeah, it's not yeah. an Edgar Wright movie, but you can see like especially in the. Um, when Ant-Man's little prisoner, not prisoner, but, um, jail friend, uh, <laughs> is like telling stories. Like it's, it's, a, it's an Edgar Wright film. Like that, that they Absolutely. filmed, yeah. they filmed all oh, of that man. stuff. Yeah. There's, there's like half of an Edgar Wright movie in there. And yeah. Yep. So much more. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to watch it and try to pick up on, on that sort of thing. Cause God, now I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do today. I'm just going to go look up every single Edgar Wright movie. I'm going to be good. That sounds like I an excellent him. day. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great day. Let me tell you. Just movie binge. Oh man, you get to watch out World's End. Like, no, oh, yes. what a good movie. Love World's Oh, uh, that's good. I don't. It's, it's not film. my favorite in the Coronado trilogy, but it is mm. really, really fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't think it's most people's favorites in the Coronado trilogy, but it is mine. No. Oh yeah, it is really oh, good. What I a, think. What a film. Let me tell you. I'm always torn between Shaun of the Dead and Hoff. Yeah, yeah. I think the majority with the world's end being my favorite. Yeah, I think uh, a, a lot of people's favorite was Shaun of the Dead. It was, mm-hmm. you know, the first one. It kind of gets you uh, introduced to Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and uh, it's kind of funny because when Simon Pegg was writing his show. Um, Alex, what was it called? Shit. Uh, space. 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 Yeah. Thank space. you. Yes. Space. Is uh, apparently, and I'll have to double check this, but um, apparently Nick Frost was Simon Pegg's roommate. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, Simon Pegg was just like, hey, you want to be in the show that I'm doing? And Nick Frost was like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now Nick Frost has this like amazing career. So I'm I'm proud of them both. They're good boys. They are good boys, yeah. yes. Yeah. Very good boys. 
Well, let's um let's wrap this podcast up, y'all. How about that? Yes. Let's, right. let's get the hell out of here. Let's uh, do it. First mm-hmm. off, thank you so much to Rachel and Alex for guesting. We really appreciate you guys coming on. Well, thank yeah. you for having us. Give us the uh, give us the elevator pitch on your podcast, Rachel and, and Alex. I'm so used to saying Rachel and Miles uh, for the X Men podcast, um, which is now, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is now yeah, uh, not named that anymore. But um, yeah, yeah, so I'll Miles, there, right? right? Yeah, it's Jay mm-hmm. and Miles. Um, Rachel and Alex versus the Hooniverse. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, so we are going through New Who from the very beginning and taking on each episode. Uh, each podcast is one episode, and we tear it apart and and talk about what we love about it and what we don't love about it and we geek out about doctor who a great deal um as as uh brian can attest as he joined us to geek out about dalek joined you yeah Yeah, well rachel wasn't there because she had strep throat i didn't have strep why did alex say that (laughs) i don't know i told you specifically i didn't have strep yeah well it was easier to explain she has a real bad sore throat. It doesn't sound as good. No, it doesn't. You're right. You gotta upsell that a little bit. Yeah, I, I was just trying to make it sound exciting, Rachel. God. Uh, sorry, oh my god, jeez. So yeah, basically, basically Alex tells you what's going on, and I'm like, oh yeah, they suck. And uh yeah, Ra- Rachel, yeah. Rachel insults my favorites constantly. Yeah, yeah. On purpose. I'm like, I know that. Now she I know he's going to listen to it. Eccleston's a piece of shit. <laughs> so it'll probably happen more. I- I'm the I'm the, the comedic relief on that. It's mm-hmm. it's Alex's baby. I just show up. Yeah. At, at one point, I, I told Rachel, uh, like, I, I sent her an episode of Abject Suffering, and I was just like, just so you know, I'm Cole, you're Gary, okay? <laughs> That's very accurate. That's extremely accurate, yes. Uh, I listened to the first episode, and it's it's ex- an extremely good podcast. Like, if I was... Um, yeah, I, uh, I remember messaging Alex, like, after I listened to the first episode, finally. I was like, yo, this is really good for a first episode. I'm so impressed. Yeah. Yay! Yeah, thank you very much. I, 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 uh, I did my best. Yeah. <laughs> the, the two of you clearly have like a very good rapport because you've known each other for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost, and that really helps. Almost 10 mm-hmm. years, like nine, nine years right now. Yeah. Two melt, two on. Yeah. And then we were, <laughs> we were dated for like five or six years. So yeah, all up in each other's shit for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yep. So if if you want to hear two very old friends uh, take the piss out of old Doctor Who episodes and and uh, talk um, shit about Eccleston, fuck yeah, and <laughs> talk shit about and have a good time. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's what's where can we find that at? It'll be in the show notes, but just say it out loud so people know. Where yeah, it, it is at uh, v, uh, uh, vs the Hooniverse. Uh, that's versus the Hooniverse. Dot fireside. Dot fm is the the website. There's no www on, so don't bother with that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both for for guesting. We really appreciate it. Um, Josh, mm. where can you be found on the internet? Well, hang on. Oh, oh. Before, we, before we move on, we, we should let them say their personal twitters too. No, sorry. You're here as a podcast. You're like a podcast. <laughs> no, fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. Rachel, where, where can you be found on the internet individually? Um, on Twitter, it's 
uh, Ray Day Plays. And it's pretty much that everywhere except for my mixer, which is just Ray Day. So, yeah, I'm pretty easy to find with just Ray Day Plays or Ray Day. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I'm... I, yeah, I'm at Pax Tenebrae. That's P-A-X-T-E-N-E-B-R-A-E. Um, and, Why don't you go ahead uh, and give me that one? We'll <laughs> 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 do. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, but you know, uh, unless you'd like to see a a, a great amount of uh, retweets of uh, liberal rage, uh, <laughs> you can probably just like skip it. <laughs> He's not wrong. I think I, I think that's what the majority of our listeners are here for. So one hundred one hundred percent, yeah. Definitely. Otherwise, they wouldn't follow any of us. That's true. Fair, My, fair. Mine is either that. Or shit posts. So if you like shit posting, <laughs> I'm your gal. A big fan I, of shit I retweeted posting. a good a good uh, video of your junk rat place the other day. Yeah, thanks for the retweet. Good. Yeah, thanks. That one is kind of older. I don't like it as much. I have some way better stuff saved. I'm gonna make a new one soon. So keep an eye out for that. All right. Awesome, uh, Josh. Where can you be found on the internet? Uh, just on Twitter, you can find me at Morbid Beard. Uh, I'm going to warn people now: in the coming weeks, in a, in a failing attempt to temper my expectation for the new Blade Runner, I'll probably be talking about Blade Runner a fair bit. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, oh, I'm, I'm going all in on this shit at the moment. I cannot get enough of it. So I've been trying my hardest not to get too excited. But I was chatting Same. to somebody at work about it the other day, and thinking, Do you know what? Fuck it! I'm just so excited for this film. So yeah, yeah. So you got that to look forward to. But yeah, that's where you can find me. Mr. Wade? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WadeBrianR, and you can find uh, my other podcast, Expanded Universe, on Twitter at LukeCast. That's Luke with eight U's. Or you can just go to the website, which is expandeduniverse.online, and find everything there. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. That's where all of my podcasts are. I do want to just briefly mentioned that uh my supernatural podcast monster of the week just launched a patreon mm-hmm. this week uh we are extremely mm-hmm. close to the first goal which i'm already excited about because it's only been two days and that's oh, crazy gosh. um it's super awesome we're, we're, we're planning on doing a lot of dumb stuff like watching a supernatural anime and then talking about it on a podcast which i don't know yes. why i signed up for that but sure here we are <laughs> <laughs> um so if you want to go check that out it's patreon.com slash monster of the week uh, thank yes. you, everybody who's been listening. Thank you for everybody who's been leaving iTunes reviews. It's really, really appreciated. Um, if you have some time, tell your 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 best friends about this podcast. Spread the word. Help us help us grow it. Um, or alternately, tell your worst enemies about this podcast. You know what? Just just yeah. don't you know? Just don't <laughs> just even try. Just, just tell everyone. That seems like just easy. when you're walking yeah. down the street, be like, yeah. "Hey, hey, Dark Inside Podcast." This. We we Dark Inside Pod on Twitter. Print out a sign and go to a protest, and on one side it says "fuck Trump," and on the other one it says and, "and listen to Dark Insight." I feel like that's a, that could be a real good one. Yeah, um, man, we get so many listeners that way. <laughs> True. Yeah, true. But thank you everybody for listening. Thank you again to our guest uh, Alex. Oh, and Rachel, and thank you again for Brian for interrupting me for the third time <laughs> uh, I, just, I, I just realized that it, uh, since the last time that you and i were on this podcast together actually i think since the last time you were on you and i were on this podcast in general uh we did an episode of, of days of future cast together oh we did we should shout that out yeah. um yeah that's a good episode yeah uh we made you. we made brian watch uh 
the third X-Men movie, X3, The Last Stand. And then uh, we, we talked about it on <sighs> Days of Future Cast, which is my X-Men podcast uh, where we cover the animated series. And then we take breaks in between seasons to do the movies. And, uh, oh boy, X-Men 3 sucks balls. Um, what a bad movie. So <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, but if you want to find out what the three-month rule is, you have to listen to the whole thing <laughs> to the very end. Because I'm telling you, the three-month rule might save your life one day. So. Yeah, the, the three-month rule is like the one thing that makes that podcast worth watching that terrible movie. Actually, you don't yeah, even have to watch that movie to get that joke. That's so we're, true. We're, I guess you don't have to watch the movie. <laughs> Anyway, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another excellent episode of Dark Insight. Oh, um, and not to extend this out any further, but special shout-out to <laughs> our boy Vader Van Oden, um, the hostess with the mostess, because last week everybody abandoned him. Uh, we were paranoid about hurricanes. Brian was not around. Cliff and, and Josh were not around. So that dude literally interviewed his, like, how old is how old is Odin? Right I think now? he's like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah I think he's it, seven. Yeah, interviewed his seven year old son and released it as a podcast based on oh, questions oh, from our oh, listeners. Oh, I uh, I edited it last weekend and I have to say, like, I was I was smiling the entire time. I was dying yeah. with laughter several times. He called morbid beard morbid bread once, which yes. I think is probably <laughs> yeah the best thing ever. Yes. <laughs> um, but o- Odin is a delight, and and hearing um, small tiny New Zealand kids talk about about how they're going to beat their dads up in video games <laughs> is shit. yeah, it's it's. And it's he, very he also taught us about the word everything. Everything is also a strong <laughs> word. Yes. So uh, special shout out to Vader for for making the podcast happen last week when everybody yes, else it was, was very good. Highly recommended messing around. So uh, thank you, Brian. Thank you, Josh. Thank you again to Rachel and Alex, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, I wasn't recording that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, y'all. Chill God out. damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> Dude, I almost Cut. shit everywhere. Why I would I? Hot <laughs> 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 uh, that is the quietest this podcast has been all day. That's just dead silence. <laughs> <in the> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, thank y'all so much. That, that this was a blast. Uh, y'all are welcome yeah, back yeah, uh, uh, anytime. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah for thanks sure. Thanks for having me. It's super, super fun. Oh, I don't mind me. I was just taking five. Definitely not thinking about blowing something up. No way. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, come on. Maybe just a little something. I'm the evil Australian bomber what bombs at whatever time he damn well pleases. Now after down under came asunder, the dust settled. The junk of economics were explosive. The most peddled, been driven by a man, been driven mad. The most Mac fella, you might have heard of him. He goes by Junkrat. Now Junkrat don't pack gats, he's passed out. Why put a bullet in a body when a bomb can blow the town flat? His boy Roadhog been pushing 900 pounds. They skip town to get the paper burning everything down. So take it to the county with the bounty readers. Went to five mil in the fast lane cruising. Taking plenty of fine fillers. Got a gig from the suit. He provide the Right loot, bomb some omnics and make sure the hostages be breathing oxygen. Chopping things, ribbons of cop box, they pop the top to get up. His eyes bulging out, yo, it's a setup. Bed up, he strung up that damn suit on a crane and blew the spot to smear the ring so you'd remember his name. Robot, <laughs> it's L.E.C., I can't blow up these scrap heaps. They're taking the point, time to blow it them up. I'm in do a flat white? No? How about I flatten the place?
There's so much drama going on in the LBC. It's kind of hard being ruined H.O. single G. Roadhog don't talk much, the quiet and deadly type But given the chance, he'll rip and shred up the mic Not known for being the most cunning of linguists He usually prefers to do the talking with his fists Ouch. Not a fan of those ten-headed omnis No bios from Mako Hill, flood your fiber optics Joining junk rap, man, it's solely monetary Splitting up the bounty, uh -huh. yeah, you know it's 50-50 Crime spree supreme, jack and jewels in the king's row Yo, even sticking up the Banco de Dorado Legendary stars on the moment in crime Y'all got your hook chain and he's pulling in the line Something up. What a bunch of misfits and freaks we got here. 